and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles the Punk Goes series from Fearless Records. How are you, Sam? I am good, Emma. What a week we've had. Yeah? Well, big. I mean, let's start off by saying this week's song, I Remember You by Skid Row, is covered by the Ataris, but a huge thank you to one Jordan Banks, Era yes. Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, that was terrific. What an absolute pleasure it was to talk to slash at Jordan about how much I love his cover of Saves the Days, Stay What You Are. Our first official, and I'm going to say it, not our last interview as well. Yes. For this podcast. Um, I know that we kind of interviewed Richard at the beginning, but he's not really a a person we interview anymore. No, he's a co-host. He's just the furniture. (laughs) At That's this stage. true. <clears throat> Goodness. Besides that, uh, how was your week? Yeah, I am simultaneously very tired and very hungry. I, I am. We are doing this before dinner. Yeah, I am unreasonably excited about the fact that we're having pasta for dinner and garlic bread. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um. So yeah, that's. You gotta find the little things at the moment. I reckon you could honestly have garlic bread as a side dish to any meal. Mm, you mean like any savory like dinner meal? Yeah, I don't consider dessert, dessert a meal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like we had it with pumpkin soup the other night, and it was delicious. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was delicious. I've had garlic bread with like curries before it's delicious it's Mm. yeah i could honestly have it with every savory meal dinner meal yeah you know i could have it with a sandwich a sandwich with a side of bread (laughs) sure (laughs) i think i was heavily inspired by last week's song dead man's party because i consumed a bit of old horror yeah i read ray bradbury's something wicked this way comes is he the guy who did... Um... Fahrenheit 451. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good book. Beautifully written to sort of an almost nauseating degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, he creates a good sinister character. And I also read... Um, I also... No, not read. I also watched the original Fly with Vincent Price. Nice. So, yeah. That was because that was a couple of weeks ago when I was like, should I watch Astro Zombies or should I watch The Fly? And I watched Astro Zombies and regretted it. Yeah. So not I made good. It. Oh, Astro Zombies. No, it's boring. That's right. But, I feel like yeah. you said this before. I, I, I did. Yes. It was real, real boring. But yeah, you got to you got to actually see a couple friends this week. I did a foreign concept at the moment. It was yeah, thrilling. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yesterday was the most normal I've felt in a long time because I sat in someone else's house. Yep. And talked to them and wasn't particularly stressed about the whole deal yeah yeah no it was really nice yeah i had a i had a case where someone had sent an item to canada last year and it was just it was just so bizarre seeing an item leave the country arrive in another country at a reasonable amount of time and there was no issues the reason why they were giving me that that number was because it was the wrong number they're like oh i have to call i have to find it and call up again (laughs) Ah. so yeah there was that issue but yeah yeah cool so anything else throughout the week 
besides the excellent interview, and you did an excellent job recording that and editing that as well. Thank you. I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm having the same conversation with everyone at the moment, where it's like, I feel like I should have news, but all I have done is stay in my house until days ago slash yesterday. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. It's kind of nice being in a position where, like, fingers crossed and knock on wood, like, you can actually start to pencil in plans. Like, mm. okay, here are a few errands I need to run at some point. I will actually be able to run them soon, hopefully. Yeah. But I also soon. don't want to speak too soon. Yeah, so. knock on wood. That's one of the, that's the only superstition I have is knocking on wood. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we just get into the meat of it? just a short sharp podcast as much as a long and rambling one yeah so cool um so i did fail to mention that this song was from punk goes metal as well so the very first album um okay so skid row formed in tom's river new jersey in 1986 Mm -hmm. Uh, the band was formed by bassist rachel bolan who is a male um rachel uh, put together the name it's a combination of I believe his brother's name and grandfather's name I okay. can't remember what their names were sorry Rachel uh, and guitarist Dave Sabo uh-huh. the band would sign Canadian singer Sebastian Bach after discovering him singing at a wedding at the age of 18 I tried looking into Sebastian Bach's background and I couldn't find this like couldn't find the details of how he went from Canada to singing at a wedding at the age of 18 in New Jersey. I would, yeah. I don't know. It's probably not that fascinating. He probably just went, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that's a weird place to go to, you know, as a Canadian person, like, yeah, I'm going to go to America and become a famous singer. And you go to New Jersey instead of like New York or California. Well, I mean, if he was just singing at a wedding, like he could have just been doing it as a favour for someone that he knew. And he could have been living in New York because they, they're next to one another. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And it's it's pretty easy to get there from what I have heard in the podcasts and on the movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this was an interesting fact. Dave Sabo was teenage friends with one John Bon Jovi. Uh-huh. The pair made a pact that if one became famous, they would help the other one out. So, needless to say, that's how Skid Row got famous. Uh, not famous, but that's how Skid Row got signed to, I believe it was Atlantic Records. Yeah, Atlantic Records. Is that literally how they got signed? I, yeah, because uh, at that point, John Bon Jovi was huge and he had a he had a, an in with Atlantic Records. Shit. I think he might have been signed to Atlantic Records. 
Um, yeah. I feel like I'm saying Atlantic Records a lot. Atlantic Records. Yeah. Um, yeah, wouldn't it have been wild if it was the other way around? Like, Skid Row kind of got a little bit famous and were able to get John Bon Jovi the, the gig with the record company. <laughs> but no. <laughs> so it was just like, so they, they made this pact and, oh, okay, so that's how I know that they got mildly successful. That's, yeah, like, there's the concept of, like, doing a solid for a mate. Like, oh, I'll keep an eye out for jobs. I'll refer you to someone. But, like, that's next level. Like, it shows you've got talent because well, yeah. he can only, he can only, you know, put the, put put a demo in someone's hands and say, hey, that's this true. is my friend's band. Yeah. And the person still has to like the, like the, the, you know, the, the, the demo. I've lost my words. Um, you know, if I was to write a book and I was best friends with Stephen King, he would, he could get my foot in the door, but the person, the produ- publisher would still need to like it. I mean, publishers are technically book producers, I guess. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That's my galaxy brain thought for the time. <laughs> <laughs> my shower thought. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Sebastian Bach is former singer of Skid Row. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kicked out of the band in 1996 after many years of volatility between he and the rest of the band. Yeah, he was a bit of a, a loose cannon. Um, yeah. Kind of, he was kind of the, the Axl Rose of Skid gotcha. Row. Um, but I think the difference is, it's sort of like, I think the other members of Guns N' Roses left, or maybe Axl owned the the name Guns N' Roses or something. Right. Because, you know, Guns N' Roses remained with him as the singer. Mm. Whereas he, Sebastian Bach left and Skid Row just remained at Skid Row. So they went through a few different singers. Yeah. Uh, To the point where now their lead singer is, I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. It's like ZP Thirt or Thart, Thirt, from former lead singer of Dragon Force. Right. Okay. Uh, question for you. Do you remember what band it was that you thought I was into that you confused with Dragon Force a couple of years ago? No. I am puzzled. I was reading these notes and, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, Dragon Force. Like, you loved them. Like, a few years ago, you are like, no, I didn't. No. I just... There are honestly days where I feel like I'm just existing in a different plane of, like, just being from other people. Like I'm, I'm trying to think of a band that even sounds... Like, the name sounds similar, but it, there's nothing... And, like... I went through maybe a couple months where I thought through the fire and the flames was cool. Mm. Um, you know, the, you know when it was big on Guitar Hero and that sort of thing. But yeah, look, I think we've sort of loosely established that I just sometimes slip into a wormhole, and come out the <laughs> other end, and catch up wherever you are. I don't know. Time isn't real anymore. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. So I, it's hard to say, but I would imagine. I, I get the feeling that Sebastian Bach is the more famous, like he left and became more famous, I guess, for it and for his right. antics than the rest of the I band. He said for his antics, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, he's a big. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll come out and say, like, the first, my first exposure, bit of exposure to Sebastian Bach was in an episode of the Canadian TV show Trailer Park Boys, right? And it's in their seventh season. Uh, they go to a model train exhibition That's, yep, yep. and he comes out on stage and he's like, and cause he's the presenter of, he's the MC of this mm-hmm. exhibition. And he's like, like, and it's just like old people and kids. And he's like, I was told backstage that I couldn't swear. 
but who's here to see some fucking trains? <laughs> and nobody gives him any, like, there's no response <laughs> to it. And because my guitar teacher introduced me to Trailer Park Boys and he's he was, like, telling me about Sebastian Bach. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. And it was like, yeah, I still don't really want to listen to Skid Row, though. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I never, I never delved into it. I never explored Skid Row. Like, I never, when I had a, a sort of pretty small Guns N' Roses phase, I never was like, okay, what's another band like that? Okay, Skid Row. Yeah. No, I see what you mean. So, yeah, like, Buck starred in the 2006 VH1 show Supergroup. Mm-hmm. Where he, Ted Nugent, Evan Seinfeld of the band Biohazard, and yes, apparently second cousins of Jerry, mm-hmm. with Jerry Seinfeld. Um, Scott Ian from Anthrax and Jason Bonham, son of son of John Bonham of Led Zeppelin fame. He was, oh. the, he was the drummer of Led Zeppelin. Right. Um let me i'll circle back to that but i'll finish off this this thought so the band would be called damnocracy sure yep they would release no albums and would perform an entire concert of cover songs i mean i can definitely see a market for that like here are some musicians you are vaguely interested in playing songs that you definitely enjoy but i feel like the 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 selling point of a supergroup is for members of bands that have different sounds to come together and go, okay, what can they create? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. A lot of the time I feel like supergroups just kind of fall flat for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a... When I see a supergroup, I sort of just go, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. at least this is, like, a safe thing where it's like, I don't know, they could play fucking Africa by Toto or something and... They probably did. <laughs> Who knows? I feel like everyone's covered Africa by Toto. As they should. Um, But yeah, back to John Bonham. So my dad is a Led Zeppelin fan. I always forget that. He saw Led Zeppelin in London when he was 21. Um, He's not British, but he lived in in England. He lived in London for a year. (laughs) Did he really? Yeah, I've told you that. I know. I know he went to London. Yeah, he went to London when he was 21, went by boat. What? Oh my God. Lived there for a year and then, yeah, came back. Your dad is fascinating. Sure. Anyway, please. (laughs) But yeah, he saw saw Led Zeppelin when he was 21 in London. Um, He is one of those people, like, he will not listen to anything post John Bonham because it's just not the same. Good on him. I'm like, yeah, he was a fantastic drummer, but he was the drummer. Like, I don't know. You know, same as being like a Scott Rayner, like truther for Blink. Well, not truther. How many of those exist though? I don't know. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just, I I feel like you lose the singer and that's the, the sort of heart of the band. But, you know, it's it's like it's it's also like it's not like they kicked him out or anything. He died. So oh, they, did he? Yeah, Shit. John Bonham died. He they replaced him because he died. It's not like it was just like all right, you're out. We'll get someone who's worse than you. It's well, like, in that case, I like that he is loyal to John Bonham and his legacy. I feel like it's it's it doesn't need to be. He doesn't need to be that loyal. Like he can still <laughs> like the band. But he can also like he's well within his rights to not. You are correct. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> he can do whatever he wants. He's a grown man. Exactly. Oh, I love you, Dad. So, yeah, uh, Sebastian Bach would also have a solo career. 
um, outside of Damnocracy and Skid Row. He would perform with uh, other like metal musicians like mm-hmm. Steve DiGiorgio, who performed with Death, Autopsy, Testament, Ralph Santola, also again Death, Deicide, and Devin Bronson, who worked with Kelly Osborne and Avril Lavigne. Yeah, the most metal musicians. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I liked that. I liked that little joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> you fell for it. You fell for it. Um, and he's also performed on Broadway in such performances as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde as Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, he also performed in Jesus Christ Superstar, again, as the titular character. Mm-hmm. And apparently Rocky Horror Picture Show as Riff Raff. That's sick. I'd be interested, I can't remember what year it was. If it was like the 80s, he was definitely too good looking to be perform- to be playing Riff Raff, but now I could see it. I mean, mm, I don't know. Although, to be fair, in the remake, wasn't the guy who plays Riff Raff also very handsome? They were all very handsome in the remake. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, yeah. I I mean, there's only a couple people that really shouldn't be handsome in Rocky Horror Picture Show, and it's Riff Raff, Magenta, and... Magenta's, Magenta's hot. Magenta's his sister, right? Yeah. Yeah, but like... But they're But they're supposed to be... Yeah, they would sort of be like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, Ed, and Eddie, because Eddie was played by Meatloaf. I liked Eddie. I liked Eddie too. <sighs> anyway. What was the what was the original Riff Raff name? What's his name? The guy who played Riff Raff in the original movie. Um, The guy who wrote it, Richard O'Brien. That's right. And yeah. he did write it, didn't he? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Those are some Rocky Horror facts. Enjoy. <laughs> I mean, we'll be talking about it at some point, so. Mm. Mm. So, let's get into the song. Um, it was the third single from their 1998 eponymous... 1988. 1988, thank you. <laughs> eponymous album. So, the album, yes, was called Skid Row. Excellent. Uh, there is a lady outside who has three sausage dogs and they are all yapping very happily because they're going for a walk. Or they're just yapping because they're angry and sausage dogs carry a lot of vitriol. <laughs> they do. Sausage they, dogs are the worst. They kind of are. You used to want one. I know. I love them, but they're also the worst. Yeah, they kind of don't have a personality. No, their personality is just angry. He's angry. Yeah. So like a cat. Yeah. yeah. Hence why I wanted one. <laughs> Portable and angry. Portable and angry. Uh, so, yes, was the third single from their 1988 eponymous album mm-hmm. so it was written by Bolin and Sabo I'm gonna to have to go back and figure out which ones those are which people uh Rachel Bolin and, and Dave, Dave Sabo. Sabo gotcha yeah bassist and guitarist I hate that when you're reading a book and they introduce too many characters at once you have to like go back a few yeah. pages and figure out who yeah <sighs> that's kind of what happened in my brain just then anyway <laughs> it's like it's like when Mr. Burns has all those diseases and the doctor, <laughs> yeah. he's like, he's like just trying to push them through the door. He's like, it's called the Three Stooges Syndrome. <laughs> so what you're seeing is I'm invincible. Uh, so it was produced by Michael Wagner, who worked on such albums as Master of Puppets by Metallica. Excellent album. No More Tears by Ozzy Osbourne. And So Far, So Good, So What? Megadeth. 
That's such a but cringe album name for a band like Megadeth. Megadeth kind of is cringe oh, okay. in my mind. Um, and like they didn't even spell it pro- like they didn't even spell death properly. Um, I'm sure that was a tactical, like a yeah, deliberate. Yeah, choice. like they're they're fine. Um, so like they're classified in the big four of thrash metal bands. So it's, it's Metallica, Slayer, Megadeth, and Anthrax. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and yeah, like Megadeth is is fine. Like their first couple albums are good, but there was that thing of like in the some kind of monster documentary about Metallica because Dave Mustaine from Megadeth used to be the original guitarist from Metallica. Ah. They kicked him out because of uh, he was like, too much of a, of a live cannon. Yeah. Um, loose cannon. Live cannon. <laughs> yeah. He was too much of a loose cannon. Yeah. And uh, I think he was just, yeah, too drink happy. Right. Uh, and so they kicked him out. And he just comes across in the documentary because they speak with him. And yeah. he's just super whiny mm. and super. It's like your band's called Megadeth and you kind of just coming out like that like you should have just gone out started a band and been like fuck you i'll be better than metallica but you just yeah complaining too much also before you keep going i wonder if anyone has ever done master of muppets before <sighs> how good would that be i would love that well, i don't this... even listen to metallica but i would love to hear what's master the band called like teeth and the Oh, uh, Dr. Teeth and the something something. Yeah, imagine imagine them. Dr. Teeth? I feel like I always get that wrong. Imagine them covering Master of Puppets back front to back. That would be amazing. Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. While you've got that open, yes. do you want to see if Master of Muppets is a thing? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I'm going to be really upset if it is, but then I'll also be upset if it isn't. Yeah. Damned if you do. <laughs> So, uh, hang on. while you're looking into that, uh-huh. the song reached number 12 on the Aria chart, so decent effort. Mm. Uh, number two in New Zealand. Sick. Kiwis love today, bro. Absolutely. Uh, number 36 in the UK. And number six in the US. So it doesn't seem like Master of Muppets exists yet, so TM, 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 TM. <gasps> you could definitely sell a shirt. Oh, fuck. You could definitely, fuck. you could definitely sell. I'll show you the album cover because it's basically, it's like I'm pretty sure it's, a, it's like it's it's graves like um like the soldiers' graves, right? And I'm pretty sure it's a it's either a big hand holding the like the puppet strings or it's the like the the wooden sort of cross with strings. Um, um, hold on, I'm just looking at the album art now. Oh yeah, gotcha. Does it have a big hand? No, because it's got it has two hands. Oh, it's of. got two hands. Does it? I don't know. Yeah, so there's like hands with like strings attached to the yeah. crosses. Yeah. <sighs> Is it the un- unnamed soldier graves or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm just picturing that with like Kermit's hands instead. That would be very funny. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. Anyway. Yeah. Cool. So that's, I mean, we've got a whole bunch of shirts that we would like to make, so... That's another one. Mm-hmm. Master of Muppets. Um, what do we think about the song? In in my mind, I made the comparison earlier between them and Guns N' Roses because they they were around... They formed around about the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, in like 86, 87. And they weren't a part of the... like. It's sort of really hard to define them because they're not like hair metal. They're not really glam metal. Mm-hmm. 
they're kind of like, sort of rock, pop rock. And it's the kind of thing, like, you ask, like, well, what sort of genre are they? And I came back and was like, what sort of genre is Guns N' Roses? Like, yeah. they're kind of a... They stuck their fingers in different pies. Yeah. And came out with their sound. Um, and, yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like Skid Row is kind of the B-tier version of Guns N' Roses. Right. And I don't mean that to be an insult. I just think, like, they ne- they didn't reach the same popularity as Guns N' Roses, but they kind of had a similar-ish sound with mm-hmm. a with a very sort of similar... You look at Sebastian Bach, put him next to, like, 1986-87 Sebastian Bach and put him next to Axl Rose from yeah. the same time. They're basically, like, one has red hair and one's got strawberry blonde hair. Like, they're pretty yeah. interchangeable. He definitely is sort of like a, um, you literally just said his Axel name. Axl Rose. Thank you. Literally like an Axl Rose sound alike. Like... Yeah, like he, he definitely sounds different. Like Axl Rose has a very distinctive voice. Mm. Whereas, and Sebastian Bach's got a good voice, but he, he doesn't have, he doesn't have an Axl Rose voice. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like it's, it doesn't sound like it's coming from the back of his nose, whereas <laughs> Axl Rose's voice definitely does. Yeah. And that's and that's because when I impersonate Axl Rose, it's coming directly from the back of my nose. Nice. Yeah. That's how I impersonate Patrick from Fallout Boys. I pinch my nose. Oh, I don't pinch my nose. I just like talk from the back of my nose. I physically cannot do that. And I'm not anyway, gonna. And I'm not gonna no. do it on a microphone because <laughs> I kind of have to get loud. So, but after my diatribe, what do you think of the song? I like it. Um, shout out to Daisy. I am a slack person. I should have reached out and seen if Daisy was available to be on this episode because she loves Skid Row. But I hope you enjoy this regardless, Daisy. Um, there is also, we do another Skid Row song. Yes. So, so we'll earmark you in for that one. Youth Gone Wild. Yes. We'll, and we'll tell you when we're going to do that as well. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, I I really like this. It, it's just nice like it's just a really sweet song Mm. like it's very sort of quintessential like 80s power ballad yeah yeah and i like that Mm. yeah like it's 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 definitely got a very as you said kind of sweet vibe to it like there's nothing like it's it's not like it's clearly like a relationship that has failed and you know they miss that person Mm. um I don't know what it was about the selection criteria for this album, for Punk Goes Metal. This is like the third power ballad we've done from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Again, that to me, it just sort of feeds into that sort of... Like, I know it's the correct classification, but it still feels wrong. Still feels wrong. Like, to me, this is that very much like Bill and Ted brand of like metal slash power, whatever. I should, I'm, I mean, no, probably not, because you wouldn't be that interested in it, but <laughs> the the excellent YouTube series that I'm subscribed to, um, Banger TV, which oh, is yeah. all about metal, um, the guy who created it did the excellent documentary Metal Ahead Banger's Journey. Okay. It's, you would kind of, like, they sort of have discussed, and, like, they just, their latest discussion episode, like, they do ones called Lockhorns, where people like sort of debate stuff. Right. Uh, they spoke about micro genres and okay. 
in metal and it's kind of it's immense how yeah. many micro genres then sub genres then genres of metal there really are like, yeah it's just it's it's probably i don't know about like electronic music and i'm probably sound really old for calling it electronic music um i would say it's probably it's the most broad genre of metal the genre of music mm. out there with probably the sm- not smallest fan base but like it's not as, you know, you wouldn't have as many people listening to metal that are into pop or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's incredibly broad. So, like, sure, I, I this falls under that bracket. Yeah. That does sound interesting, like, purely from, like, a categorization point of view. Like, mm. I really enjoy reading up on, like, how music is classified into one thing versus another, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but... Yeah, I really, like, this song just, it feels like I'm nostalgic for something that I never listened to when I was younger, like, Mm. yeah. Those dogs are back. Good on them. They had a good walk. I just, back on, like, the the topic of genres in metal, I just, I always just love that there's doom metal Mm. and death metal, Mm. both on a, doom is, doom means, doom and death mean the same thing, don't they? Kind of. Really. Not really. Like, doom is sort of a feeling of like feeling of yeah, sort of hang on impending, like dread, dread. Well, doom, death, destruction, or some other terrible fate. So, like, I mean, sort of. But... I because I, I yeah because I, I say I say that they, they mean the same thing because there was a there was a magic spell that you could use in Final Fantasy VIII called doom, and it mm. was basically death would come and kill an enemy in one hit. Um, but I just always liked that there was doom metal, death metal, and they're both vastly different from one another as well. And then you get death doom, which combines the two. <laughs> Cause like to me, from an outsider's point of view and just from like a word association point of view, like death metal would probably be more like kinetic, like energetic than yeah. doom metal. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 There you go. So. But then you get also funeral doom. So is that just more like march, sort of like more funereal, like just sort of sludgy almost? It's kind of almost prettier than doom metal. Okay. Yeah. I still think we honestly need to just have an episode where you just go through every single genre of metal. I, I could honestly probably do a podcast where each episode I talk about a genre of metal and I could probably get up to like 100 episodes. That's sick. Like, seriously, going through every genre, subgenre, microgenre, and talk about, like, you know, a couple of notable bands and, mm. and you know, whatever. Either it's because I literally just Googled Doom, like, moments before I Googled Funeral Doom, but I'm convinced my phone is listening to me. Because I typed in Funeral and then it just auto-completed with Funeral Doom. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Probably. But, yeah, if anyone wants to get in on that uh, metal genre podcast... Mm-hmm. Um, TM, TM, TM. TM, TM, TM. Well, I don't have a name for it yet, so... Yeah. Um, no, but I, I, I do... Scrap metal. Scrap metal. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Genre talk. I don't know. Um, yeah, so back to the song. We are talking about a, a song. Um, yeah, look, I could definitely see this being performed... Uh, 
at a stadium with the lighters going off. Yeah. I don't know if they necessarily... Like, they definitely opened for a lot of bands. Right. I don't know if they ever sold out a stadium, though. Mm -hmm. Which kind of makes me a little bit sad if that's the case. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like they're the kind of band that if you like them, you love them. Yeah, oh yeah. They would have their they would have their ride or dies. So I think that's kind of nice. Like it's okay. Like if they didn't sell out stadiums, like they still got that return on investment. Like people actually like thoroughly connecting with and enjoying their music. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. But no, it's um, yeah, it's a perfectly. I don't know if I love it, but it's a very easy to listen to song that got stuck in my head throughout the week. Yeah. And that I would be sort of singing under my breath throughout the week. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you have any other thoughts? No. I think, yeah, like, it's very sort of, like, Americana to me, even though I'm not sure if that's entirely accurate. But, yeah, just that it really just sort of hooks into, like, I can tie it to, like, a specific sensation or, like, feeling, but I don't think I've ever actually experienced that before. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sort of picturing, like golden hour like sunset kind of like yeah i don't know it's nice yeah there you go so mm. what about the ataris mm-hmm woke up to the sound of pouring rain the wind would whisper and i think of you and all the tears you cried that called my name And when you need me, I came through Paint a picture of the days gone by When love would find you, would make me see I'd stare that time into your eyes So that I knew that you were there for me So, the Ataris, formed in 1996 from Anderson, Indiana. Uh Uh, The band was actually discovered by Vandals bassist Joe Escalante, who owned Kung Fu Records. That's a sick name for a record label. Yeah. Kung Fu Records. Vandals, they are punk, yeah? Yeah, they they opened for Blink when we saw Blink. Ah, they did too, yeah. yeah. Okay, sick. Uh, the lead vocalist and guitarist Chris Rowe is the only founding member of the band. And I just thought this was interesting. The rest of the band have only like joined since 2016. Yeah. So it's almost like a mass exodus of the rest of the, the members. Or I, I, I feel like I read that they might have gone on hiatus and either he didn't invite the rest of the members back. Mm. Or... They were just like, okay, hiatus, yeah, we're we're done. And he got some founding, some some other members. Okay. Some other people to join. Yeah. We've we've talked about this many times before, but yeah, it's always interesting just that at what point do you not 
get to identify as being that band when not like so f- yeah. much of you has changed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's that thing of of AFI when Jade joined the band. Jade Page? Jade. Jade joined the band and they changed their sound basically within an album. Um, yeah. And then kept changing their sound and it's like, okay, so how much of that is the original AFI? Even though like uh, most of the other members had been in the band since the first day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't know the Ataris, you would definitely know their biggest hit was their cover of Boys of Summer. Yes. Um, originally performed by Brian Adams. Oh. No, uh, not Brian no. Adams. No. Um, oh, who is it? Let me... Um, yeah, they had a very, very, very successful... Don Henley. Who was it? Don Henley. Don Henley. Um, yeah, their cover of Boys of Summer is excellent, and I'm surprised that Fearless didn't take it on for uh, for one of their compilations. Yeah. Um, there was something about, because they had their album, what was, that? was it So Long Astoria? Mm-hmm. Which, personally speaking, I purchased that album when I was in going on a trip around Tasmania with my parents when Aww, I was 14. Cute. Bought it from a Sanity Records, oh. which I think Tasmania is the only place that still has Sanity Records as no, well. No, there's a Sanity in Frankston. Still. Is there? Or there was as of... Yeah, when was the last time? Anywhere you... within like the last eight years ago. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess when I probably dropped you off to go come back up to the city or something. I'm just going to see Sanity in Frankston. I think there still is one. Yes. Oh, wow. still there. How is that still operational when they have a JB Hi-Fi as well? I don't know. I don't understand how Sanity is still a thing. For those of you playing at home, and if you're not in Australia, Sanity is uh, music. Mostly music. Just like audio. No. What? It's 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 an entertainment... It's a media store. It's, yeah. it's it's JB Hi-Fi Lite. Like, they were always really small. Mm. Um, and they just sold CDs and DVDs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially they shouldn't exist by yeah. now. But somehow they still do. They still do. Good on them. Yeah, no, go sanity. <laughs> um, so yeah, I bought that album when I was 14. And I didn't quite gel with it. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like, there was just something about... The sound of it, I, I feel like it, when I was fourteen, it maybe sounded a bit too mature for me. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say mature. It sounded too mature, <laughs> mature for my unrefined palate. But I listened to a bit of it again this week, and I actually really like it now. Yeah, there's something about the Ataris. There's, it just feels really nostalgic. Yes. Yeah. I because yeah, I heard you listening to it. I was like, oh, okay, like definitely just sounds like nostalgia packed into an album yeah and, and i, I mean, like that i mean it's in the name as well the ataris like yeah you know that's a, that's so a, long astoria that's yeah. a console from the 70s um mm. yeah so long astoria is a line or something from the goonies okay um yeah it's it's like they didn't call themselves the snes's or anything like that um <laughs> the snezzers but yeah, no, I I was able to sort of connect with it a bit more as an adult. Yeah, I'd like to like give it a proper listen in full. Yeah, as an adult, because yeah, I feel like if you didn't really vibe with it, then I probably wouldn't have either. Because 
I was into much more like saccharin stuff. So yeah, I don't know. But like, there's definitely like they even have a song where the lyric is literally it's so nostalgic. It's being grown up isn't half as fun as growing up. Oh. These 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 were the best days of my life. Like it's 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 so much about looking back and appreciating what you had because it's it's not the same mm. anymore. Yeah, um, it's kind of like the the sort of pop punk version of that Rod Stewart song. Um, oh, I can't remember the lyric, but basically it's like basically it's like yeah yeah I I was like I wish I knew. Oh yeah, I wish, I wish I... that. I yes. Know what I know now. When I was younger. Actually, no, it's not quite like that at all when I think about it. Well, because he's like yeah, saying, yeah, yeah. 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 Gotcha, gotcha. But anyway. I thought you were saying the song is like, I was like, no, I'm absolutely sure. That no, 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 you're, you're, you're 100% correct. Um, but I'm talking about like the lyrical themes. I don't think it's quite as much about being nostalgic. Um, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, so it was just one of those bands that I just never quite gelled with. But probably could have given it a bit more of a fair shake when I was younger. Fair Two. shake, mate? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, what do you think of the cover? I like it. I like that it is an unmistakably Atari's cover of the song. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah, it's essentially like the same way they treated Boys of Summer. Like, it's just like, yep, I, I can identify who this is. Like, I feel like they definitely, I feel like they being a bit more creative with this one though. Yeah. Than the Boys of Summer cover. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Um Yeah, I like the little um nod to the original at the beginning where they Ooh, where they have like the the tape playing yeah. and then they rewind it to then play their version. Yeah. That's pretty cute. But yeah, I like it, but it doesn't evoke that same nostalgic feeling for me, which is interesting because like from what we've just said one of the bands most adept at conjuring nostalgia, covering a song that makes me feel nostalgic for something I haven't felt or experienced firsthand necessarily. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of, I, I, I think I like this version more than the original. Mm-hmm. I, li- I do like the, the, yeah, the little nod. Uh, Cause I think it is the actual song that they've taken. It is. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then they do like his like start, like the acoustic, guitar at the start has like an almost folk feel to it yeah just that sort of i don't know i get the when i when i hear a fast acoustic guitar i'm like oh that's folk probably not but (laughs) Mm. but like i get that feel and then it like kicks in with the very atari's punk feel yeah and and i really dig it it's um it goes faster it goes harder in ways Mm. um yeah, and as I said, like I feel like they're being a bit more creative with this one than the Boys of Summer cover. Yeah, arguably their biggest song. Yeah, and for sure. Yeah, like I was, I was, I didn't look it up, but I was thinking about other bands that their biggest hit was a cover song, and the only other one I could think of was Alien Ant Farm. <laughs> well, movies was good though. Movies was good, but movies wasn't as big as Smooth Criminal. I know. But I just yeah. wanted to acknowledge that movies is a good song. It is. It also had Pat Morita from the Karate Kid in the film clip. Who? Mr. Miyagi. Ah. Well, there you go. See, I know him by name. <laughs> You're on first name terms with Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> What's up, Pat? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Righto. 
I don't I don't know. And I like that like Yeah, the like the you know, the the fast drum beat at the like the half time drum beat at the end gives it that really punky feel. I think yeah, like it's there are so many people that'll be like, No, it's not but like this to me is like a very quintessentially like punk cover. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, we've spoken about the two bands already. When AFI covered Guns N' Roses on the same compilation, mm. I would go as far as to say I prefer this song, this cover song, over AFI's right. cover. And I, I never thought I would say I prefer this song over an AFI song. Mm. Or, like, any song over an AFI song, because I love AFI. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel like like the AFI version was, was good, but it didn't do too much different, whereas this this does while it still retains the feel of the original song yeah for me and i don't know i just i it just gives me that little bit of adrenaline that i need which the cover <laughs> doesn't the, the original doesn't yeah just gives me that little bit of a kick that i just yeah it's like okay yeah i, I could think, i could run to this or something i think for me that's where that's the reason why i prefer the original over the cover is like this one it has an aggression to it, and like not in a negative sense, but it just has like this energy to it that sort of pulls me out of that feeling yeah. that the first, or the first, the original one gives me, which is like a more mellow, yeah, sort just of, like sort of a relaxed vibe, yeah, which like are, a bittersweet sort of thing. Whereas this one's like, where it shows like our different sensibilities. You know, I want a bit of a kick in the bum, and you want to <laughs> just sit on your bum and, and listen to it. <laughs> I do like to sit on my bum. Oh, same. <laughs> I said I could listen to this while running. I don't run. Do you have songs that, like, give you adrenaline to, like, an unreasonable amount? Like, songs that make you want to punch someone? Yeah, but they're not the songs you would imagine. <laughs> would you want to share one? Or... Oh, like, um... Oh, what's it called? It's a Kenny Loggins song. It's not Danger Zone. <laughs> like oh heaven helps the man in brackets i'm free and it's from footloose Yeah, I love that song. Oh. I adore that song. The the other song, um, I think it's called Never by the band Motion Picture or Moving Pictures. It's again from Footloose. It's when he does the angry dancing oh. in the warehouse. I'm like, I listen to that and that saxophone kicks in and I'm like, Yeah, I'm ramped. I didn't I, I'm know ramped. That you, you vibed with Footloose so much. Footloose is great. That Footloose is great, but I hate the song Footloose itself i can't stand it like that fucking twangy country music guitar i can't stand it i can't stand that song but then they play heaven helps the man by kenny Loggins. i'm like that's a dope song that's a really dope song and they also had it because in gta 5 kenny Loggins has a radio station on it like right. all, like gotcha. gta gta games always had the radio stations and yeah i think sometimes they would get 
you know, people as the radio show hosts. Right. And so, like, they got Kenny Loggins. And mm-hmm. I think they basically just said to Kenny Loggins, like, pick some sweet 80s music. <laughs> and so he puts in a couple of his songs. Yeah, he put, he put Danger Zone and Heaven Helps the Man. I'm pretty sure. I'm just imagining, like, just speeding around drive-by shooting to that song. It's great. Oh, fuck. Okay. Hang on. No, that's all right. Um, that's... Also, some wrestling songs do it to me as well. <laughs> that's ridiculous. What about you? I think... For me, the most standout one would be... Oh, Christ. How can I not remember the name of it? Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. So it's Kanye West, surprisingly. Um, and it's from... Power? Oh, I think it might... No, it's not power. Was it the no, no one man should have all this power? No, so it's from Yeezus. Let me check. Black Skinhead. That song fucking rules. Yeah. Like... For my theme song. Black. My leather black jeans song. Black. My by any means on. Part and I'm getting my scream on. Black. In the kingdom. Black. But watch it. You see a black man with a white woman at the top floor, they gon' come if you King Kong. Middle America packed in, came to see me in my black skin. Number one question they asking, fuck every question you asking. If I don't get ran at my Catholics, it comes to conservative Baptists. Claiming I'm overreacting like the black kids in Chirac, bitch. Bow in the morning, and I'm zoning, they say I'm possessed. It's the omen, I keep it 300. Like the- yeah, I just want to beat the shit out of someone when I hear it because it just has this like real like and it comes on at the gym sometimes and I'm just like but, um, <laughs> it fucking rules it's such a good song uh, yeah that one is the one that I can immediately think of I know there's definitely more but that one it's just like yeah so good I don't know we've been at a Childish Gambino when the a Childish Gambino set where like beat drops to heartbeat and it's oh. pretty phenomenal yeah yeah but, no. yeah but it's just like yeah like the 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 any song that you might think i would imagine that like makes me want to punch people no not really it's uh it's something else <laughs> you really do enjoy your 80s sure stuff yeah um so yeah cool thoughts on the uh the cover is done <laughs> Cool. I, I, I mean, I don't know if we really have anything else to no. say. I hit on the fact that they're a very nostalgic-sounding band, mm-hmm. folk-sounding acoustic guitar, cool punk part, which is the rest of it. Sick. I guess. Got a couple of uh, interesting covers. Um, basically, a couple of famous people have covered this song as well. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So first off is... She's country singer, country music singer. Uh, so singer songwriter Carrie Underwood. Yes.
So, oh, okay. So she won the fourth season of American Idol. Oh, okay. Um, oh, she... Okay, she did that song, Jesus Take the Wheel. That's funny. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, she's like a country singer. Country singer. Essentially. Essentially. So she did a, a cover of this just at a, at a live show she was doing, um, hence why it doesn't sound the best of qualities. Um, I think it's good, though. I, we were listening to it, and and I made the excellent observation of, she's a good singer. <laughs> you turn it into quite a little act. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, I said it, and I was like, well, obviously. <laughs> I, I really enjoy her cover though. Like it, it stays true to the original music wise, but mm-hmm. not in a way that feels lazy. No, like it's just a very honest cover of it. Yeah, and her voice is gorgeous. Yeah, she she kind of really matches his. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, to a certain degree, like she really matches matches it. Um, yeah, like I, there's not too much to say. Like it's just a really like just a fun performance at a live show and she nails it. Yeah. Go uh, Carrie. And the next is I don't really know what to say, so I'll just say it's Corey Taylor from Slipknot did an acoustic set somewhere. It's not, it's not Slipknot, it's not Stone Sour, it's just Corey Taylor on a stage with an acoustic guitar doing it. Um, yeah, like, it's fine, he has a good voice. I'm trying um, to remember, like, is Corey Taylor, like, a cool guy, or is he kind of a pain in the ass? He's kind of a grandpa. Right. Um, I remember when, I remember when Kanye West announced, I'm the greatest rock star of That's all time right. or something. He, like, he put out a video just like, no, mm. you're not, Kanye. You're not the... And it's just like, Kanye West is going to say stuff that Kanye West wants to say. Like, yeah, you just look like a belligerent old man just being like, oh, you're not the greatest rock star of all time. I hate that he goes under... I'm just Googling Corey Taylor. Because like, I know who he is, but I've never really engaged with anything to do with Slipknot. Mm. Or anything adjacent to. So he goes by other names. So number eight. That's his number in Slipknot. Number eight. Burp. Um, Great Big Mouth. Sure. The Sickness. Okay. Todd Tigger. Okay. The Boogie Knight. Okay. Neck. Okay. Plankhead. Okay. And then CMFT. So I assume Corey motherfucking Taylor. Yeah, probably. It's just like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I he strikes me as the kind of person who gives himself a nickname and introduces himself as that nickname in the hopes that people will give him that nickname. <laughs> what would you? What would your nickname be? Uh, it's like you can call me this. I don't know. Like, I've never like. Yeah, my name is pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> like it doesn't need. A nickname. I I'd say my name's Sam, and people pretty quickly start calling me Sammy or Samo or Samo. Samwise or yeah 
It's, uh... Do people really call you Samwise? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, it gets turned. It gets turned into that. I don't feel like it has really recently, but fairly recently. <laughs> like within the last year or two, someone has called me Samwise. Yeah. I get M's a lot, which I think is quite cute. Yep. Um, sometimes I get M's from like one or two people, and just like okay, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like my name is pretty easy. I don't think I call you. I I don't think I've ever called you M. No, and I think I would be surprised if you did. Like, yeah, yeah. not many people call me M, but yeah, there you go. I've called myself Sammy before, like when I get really excited about, like if I beat a video game, I'm like, yeah, Sammy. (laughs) That doesn't surprise me as much as I thought it would. But it's funny because I went to school with a girl um, who was a Samantha, and then. One day she just decided she was Sammy. And so... Exactly the kind of person we're talking about. Yeah, and, and it was. And there was another girl who went by Felicity. And there was a character who popped up on Neighbours, mm-hmm. uh, played by Holly Valance, right. called Felicity, who was nicknamed Flick. And so oh, she was like, you can call me Flick. It's like, you got that from Neighbours, didn't you? That's hilarious. So yeah, a couple, couple of girls were like, had a name change. That's very funny. Air quotes. I remember we used to be friends with, like, back in New Zealand, this girl called Felicity, and her nickname was Fids. I really liked that. Mm. I don't know why, but Fids. It's just cute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, so Corey Taylor, old man yells at Cloud. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Did you ever want to call yourself a different name when you were a kid? Yeah, I never liked Sam or Samuel. It's such a nice name, I shouldn't say never, because I do now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also never liked my, my last name, so I like my, my, the last name given to me by birth, but yeah. Mm. I don't know. Um, different name though. Yeah. Yeah. I was never going to change my name or anything like that. No. But yeah, I used to be, I don't know if I've ever said it on this, probably have, I used to be a massive Slipknot fan. Yeah, no, I feel like you huge, have huge that. Slipknot fan. But now I kind of am like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if I ever see them do a uh, like an unplugged set, which you know, three out of those nine members or four out of those nine members are going to look kind of silly just standing around with nothing to do. Yeah, like they just—I don't know—they've just kind of they've deteriorated a lot of like their image to mm-hmm. me, and it's just like. I don't know, there was something when I when I got into them, they were scary. They were a scary band. Yeah, and I do remember that being like, ooh, these guys. Yeah. They mean business. And like, because my, my brother was just like very opposed to them. And I was like, well, I'm going to listen to them even more now. <laughs> I'm going to listen to them even harder. Even harder. What does that mean? You know what it means. <laughs> and yeah, I don't know. I just, I sort of, when I fell out of touch with this band i really fell out of touch with this band mm. and yeah people still ask me sometimes like oh have you heard the new slipknot nah nope. i don't plan to i think like for the age that they were huge in like they're still big now but like when they were huge i can't help but wonder like if a group of like nine women all with masks and like mm. alter ego like i feel like they would have been laughed out of town I don't know. I will raise your question with 
perhaps an answer, and I don't know if they've been laughed out of town, but they've gone to jail, pussy right? Yeah, but because they've got like they they wear masks and they have interchangeable members because that's true because yeah. members go to jail yeah. quite a bit. I think, and they're taken pretty seriously. Yeah, because like that's they definitely sprung to mind as I was asking the question, but like in terms of they weren't they didn't exist in the same heyday, did they? Well, I mean, Slipknot's still around. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of when... So basically, Subliminal Versus, I think their third full-length album, Slipknot's, uh, was the one that they were like getting Grammy oh, Christ. nominations for. Um, so I think that was their big kind of... Their, their big bit of exposure. But in saying that, like they still had songs from their last album last year that were featured on like the WWE's NXT yeah. program. Um, their, well, their NXT's opening song is a Slipknot song. Um, right. It's yeah. So they're still a very, very big band. Um, mm. I don't know. I just feel like, yeah, it's like when you start taking off the masks and seeing the people though, it's like when Kiss took off their makeup in the eighties. It mm. just didn't, doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I don't want. I don't want to know anything about these characters. They should be. They should be like Gua and just pretend. You know, like they're fucking monsters the entire time. Yeah, I don't know. Or aliens. Gua is aliens. They're not monsters. Gua is aliens, indeed. Hmm. So, hell yeah or yeah nah. Hell yeah. Yeah. To both. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah to both. Oh, cheers to that. I'm cheers. raising my water bottle. I am not raising anything because I finished my ginger beer. You're... I was going to say raising my blood pressure. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. Sure. <laughs> oh, man. So next week's song is for all the uh, 45-year-old mums out there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, what are we doing? We are looking at Get This Party Started by Pink as covered by Stretch Armstrong. Sweet. I should fucking get a Stretch Armstrong. I used to have one. I should dye my hair pink. Yeah. Cool. So uh, until then, have a safe week. Mm -hmm. Wash Wash your hands. hands. Stay 1.5 metres apart. Yep. Um, Yeah. And... Yeah, find somewhere to crab walk to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't Doesn't know where. I don't know where. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Cool. Bye. See ya. <laughs>